your boy, Derek Rose. It's like the first one that comes to mind when I think of nutrition. Yeah, there's this, there's this Derek Rose like fan-made documentary on YouTube I watched years ago. And I never forgot this because he, it was following him through like his MVP run. And the bulls are like on this amazing run and the cameras are walking through his house and he shows his Skittles machine. And he's just got this like big ass candy machine. This guy was just snacking on candy like all day long. And they got into the playoffs and he tore his ACL. And he had a lot of trouble recovering from that. And every time, whenever I think of that, when I saw that, I immediately thought back to this conversation I had with, um, you know, the old Italian pro trainer. You guys will remember this, Simon. Um, <laughs> one day, he gave me this really simple explanation. He's like, your cells are turning over constantly. You basically, on a cellular level, you have like a new body constantly. It's, it's constantly regenerating itself. The building blocks it regenerates itself with is the food you eat, among other things, but that's a major piece. So on a literal level, you become what you're eating. <laughs> and if you're eating candy and Skittles all day, how well are your knees and like tendons and ligaments going to regenerate probably have a harder time right and i, I thought to derrick rose I'm like damn you probably should have just gotten a nutritionist <laughs> like it could have really helped so it's um it's super important and unfortunately i mean the like western american sad diet is a is such a far cry I, Basically, the authorities in the nutrition space, it's better today, but in terms of um, the general public, it's pretty bad. Like I had a basketball coach who convinced our team when we were kids that we had to eat a big bowl of pasta with sauce and like just a tiny bit of meat before games because he said like you'd carb load, right? Anybody have coaches say shit like this? It's just like... It's, it's wild, right? It's like you just don't know what you're talking about and you're telling kids to do this. It, nutrition is a deep topic. Um, and I think the topic actually goes much deeper than most think. And we, we won't go too, too deep, but it goes deeper because there are as many right approaches to nutrition as there are individuals in the world. Everybody's body's unique. And I don't mean like totally alternate. There are principles that apply, but um, learning your own body on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, like staying in tune with it, as we were saying, Andy, it's, that's the most important point, learning to be intuitive with what your body needs in the moment. Um, so starting rules that have worked really well for me, at least 12 often as much as 14 hours fasted per day. So it's not like a hardcore fast. It's not even all the way, um, I don't know if that would be considered even intermittent fasting at that point. Maybe it would, a light version of it. But from the research that I've heard of and looked at, beyond about 14 hours gets diminishing returns over time. Um, Again, I could be wrong on that, but that's, that's what I'm gleaning. And I, fasting was a really big fad for a while, but they started to realize the cellular autophagy benefits and things like this 
were like negligible next to even something like exercise. So one thing I do recommend again, about half the day, don't be consuming things. So if you go to bed, um, I don't know, what time do people go to bed? 10, 11, 12. If you're going to bed at that time, let's say 10, and you're eating hopefully by about seven, so three, at least two, hopefully three hours before you go to sleep would be ideal to not affect your sleep. If your last meal's at seven and you put the fork down by, let's say 7.30, you're not eating again until at least 7.30 the following day. So there's at least 12 hours, ideally even 14 hours, so maybe it would be 9.30. Does that make sense? That's gonna give your digestion a chance to um, just fully process, hopefully, in some cases. Yeah. When you said more, it's like bad, not bad, but like negative results? More than 14 hours? No, not necessarily. Just in general, 12 to 14 is, um, 12 to 14 is good in most cases for most people. And you can see how you feel, right? Like close the eating window down to even six hours or eight hours and see how you feel. For me, I get too skinny, um, but others may like really feel great on that. I've heard even like one meal a day. I tried that for a while, it just wasn't enough. And then I'd have to eat like a ton of food and then I'd go to bed with like bloated stomach and it just didn't work, but others have had really good results. So again, learn your body, but in most cases for most people, 12 to 14 is, is about right. The only thing you want to avoid is like a snack before bed and then you're eating breakfast right when you wake up and then the, you know, fasting window is like eight hours. That's not ideal. That's what you want to definitely stay away from. Make sense? Um, as soon as you wake up, we all do this, but warm water with either Celtic sea salt or electrolytes, ideally not cold water. The way that I do it is half half cold water in this bottle and half hot water and it comes out to like just above warm it's like maybe even a tiny bit hot but not quite and i drink that within the first like 15 minutes of waking up and then i put um, a little bit of celtic sea salt just for minerals but i've been using here like a form of electrolytes instead either one works um, lemon in that water is optional a little bit of apple cider vinegar in that water is optional. Play with those, see how they feel. If you're having digestive stuff, that can help kind of kickstart digestion. It can also wake you up a little bit. Um, that could be useful. But again, it's not like having a coffee. It's just a sort of gentle, um, yeah, that's pretty much. So 12 to 14, warm water, no water with meals if you can avoid it. Stop drinking water at least 15 minutes before your meal. Fluid's gonna dilute hydrochloric acid and disturb digestion. You can have little sips, like that's, that's fine. And if you're really thirsty, that's a sign your body's giving you, so follow that. But having a whole bunch of fluid, a whole bunch of water as you're eating is I mean, you, you can just picture in your stomach what's going on, right? There's like all this food and all this fluid at once. It's not optimal for digestion. So about 15 minutes before is the general recommendation. Uh, the warm water with lemon and uh, galaxy, so can we, do we have to do it immediately after we wake up? 
or can we just do it after practice? I would do it before practice for sure, 100%. What? <laughs> just go pee before. Yeah, because they're like your brain gets dehydrated overnight. Your whole body gets dehydrated. So absolutely drink water before practice. If it's too much water, then just a cup even. Oh, but it have to be one liter. no, it doesn't have to be a liter. I mean, for me, I think this is like 750, something like that. Um, that's what I do. It could be 500 mils. Just see what works, but like get some water for sure. Um, yeah, so far so good. Yeah. Uh, what are your opinions on, I think, I think it's called a, I mean, I don't know if this is a mineral, but like, I don't even know how to say it. Shilajit? 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 Um, it's gross. <laughs> Super gross. Have you tried it? Yeah, it was so gross, I actually, and I, I'm pretty good with like stuff that doesn't taste good, but that was over the line for me. Um, I don't know, maybe for others it's not, just my personal taste, I was like, whoa, I, I can't do that. Um, and it just made me feel a little weird. I know others have, it's, it's really concentrated minerals, right, essentially? Um, yeah, it's super, super, super concentrated so if you want a diluted taste i can give you it before dinner i have trace minerals which is a concentrated form of minerals but it's not nearly as concentrated as sheila j and if you have a little bit of these trace minerals you'll be like Ugh. and sheila j is like that times 10. okay yeah it's hectic um you could try it though <laughs> yeah some people like it they they might have even like capsules or something. I don't know. I don't know if that would disturb the delivery mechanism or what. I believe they have capsules. Okay. Um, yeah, we can talk about supplements at the end if you want. Yeah, you want to. Um, <laughs> so uh, final starting rule, single ingredient foods most of the time. Chicken, single ingredient food. Again, not single ingredient meals but single ingredient foods that compose the meal. So that meal that Sean just made, uh, each of those veg vegetables was one ingredient, chicken, one ingredient, rice, one ingredient. You see, it wasn't like uh, pasta or bread, for example, which is a blend of ingredients. Not that you can't have those. I, I actually personally do from time to time. I, I like it, but I get it from a really good source. So like, um, one of my favorite meals recently back home has been a quinoa penne pasta. So the ingredients are, are really, it's like quinoa and rice, I think, that they made the pasta out of and that's it. <clears throat> and then primal kitchen marinara sauce and ground turkey. And it's so good. Like this is like an Adam Folker meal actually. That's so good. So the pasta is not single ingredient, but it's simple. It's close enough for me and I'll have it maybe once a week. I'll still have some like gluten-free bread as well from time to time, that's fine. Most of the time though, single ingredient, ideally organic if you can, especially fruits and vegetables with a thin skin. You wanna make sure those are organic. Um, coffee for sure organic, free range, all of that. If you're eating beef, grass-fed, just make sure that you're eating foods that themselves are healthy yeah like healthy animals 
vegetables and fruits that aren't rotten, that aren't sprayed with pesticides, that actually have some like life in them. Because again, you're like becoming what you eat. Cool. Um, as far as what not to eat, <laughs> which is equally as, or maybe even more important <clears throat> than what you do eat. Biggest one is pork. I've said this so many times, I know everybody here knows. Does anybody still eat pork? Yeah, scared. <laughs> I thought people would just be scared to tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. And again, pork is a weird one for me because I've never heard a quote unquote scientific explanation for this. But I know, you know, throughout pretty much every spiritual tradition, even religious traditions, they speak about no pork. And I always thought that was just like nonsense. Um, and then my South American teacher said something. He's like, pigs steal your medicine. That's what he told me. It's like, okay, well, that's scientific. <laughs> and, but it, I, I've told this story many times about how I had this like miraculous retreat and then had this business breakfast a day later. It was full of creative energy, felt so good. Um, or actually, sorry, it was a week later. Went to this business breakfast and ate bacon. And within an hour all that energy was gone and never came back. It was like, it was such a, I don't know, it was like making um, 100K and then accidentally setting it on fire. <laughs> it's like shit, <laughs> it really sucked. So I haven't eaten it since, that was 2017, I believe. Um, and that's been true for a lot of people that I know. Pork is just a, a huge no-go and Tilapia is another one. Tilapia is another one. Tilapia, if you ask Sean about tilapia, he'll, you'll get him going. You'll, you'll get him going. I, I believe they actually feed um, factory farm tilapia. They feed it pig feces. Yeah, if you want to get freaked out, like start digging into tilapia farming. Um, absolutely do not eat tilapia, my God. Dairy. Limit dairy if you can. There are certain forms of dairy that are a little bit better, like grass-fed butter if you want. Um, raw cow's milk, raw organic grass-fed cow's milk is not too, too bad. I would only use that, and cream as well, of course. I would only use that maybe in your coffee, uh, the butter in, as a either condiment or like cooking with it. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't go like drinking glasses of milk and eating tons of cheese and stuff like that, or at the very least, just limit it. Um, it has a sort of like my experience of it anyway, and this is the, uh, most practitioners I know it, it has this sort of congealing effect energetically. So energy just doesn't move as smooth. It creates a lot of mucus for a lot of people. It's an allergen for a lot of people and it's just not necessary. I know like my parents, maybe yours told me growing, they were terrified when I said I was going to stop drinking milk. They were so scared. They were just like, how are you going to get your, your bones are going to degenerate. I just got healthier. <laughs> what about uh, yeah. Greek yogurt? Because doesn't something about the fermenting process like limit the lactose in it or something like that? 
Yeah, so fermented dairy is a little bit better. So Greek yogurt would be a slightly better option. I think like I've recently actually discovered coconut yogurt and it's again, really simple ingredients. It's like coconut cream and uh, maybe one or two other things. Um, I would go with that personally, but yeah, just see how you feel. It's, it's not the worst thing. So yogurts are a little bit better. Um, but for me personally, I've just kind of moved away from dairy entirely for the most part. A little bit of butter here and there, but yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Is pasteurized dairy like the worst? Is it the worst? Or like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I'm fuzzy on the details, but I remember like Paul Chekhov a rant about it. Is it the worst of dairy? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the worst is, but it's it's, it's not it's it's not great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a difference between a difference between cow's milk and goat milk? Yeah, they come from different animals. <laughs> <laughs> you say there's a health difference. Uh, so I think initially, like the suggestion was to drink. I, I don't know exactly, but my experience of having like goat products or like really any type of dairy actually was pretty much the same across the board. Um, it wasn't that different and. Again, the, the best option for me has been <laughs> the grass-fed butter and then some forms of yogurt sometimes. And nowadays, I don't really have any dairy at all except for the butter. So I don't think goat's milk would be all that much better, though I, I, I can't say for sure. Um, peanuts are another one. They're a really common allergen. I know it's not... Uh, like I, I personally love peanuts and peanut butter, but I just don't eat them. If you notice how your body feels immediately after eating peanuts, maybe for you, they're okay. For me, if I really pay attention, I notice my tongue actually feels thicker. My tongue feels like it expanded like 50%. It's uh, not 50%, that's too much, but enough that I notice it and that it feels like harder to talk. That's an immune response like a, a low-grade emotional or <laughs> emotional reaction, uh, an allergic reaction or intolerance. So that, I believe, is true for many, many people, and I would guess for, for most of us here. So peanuts, um, I would stay away from soy. There are certain types of fermented soy that are okay. Uh, tempeh is like okay. Um, natto is okay. But generally, like processed soy, I would stay away from entirely. It can be like estrogenic, if that's what you're... You can't be wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's this uh, soy paste, I forget what it's called. It's probably natto. Uh, no, it's not natto. I'll think of it. Um, but yeah, it's a type of soy, but it's very cultured and fermented. Yeah, there's miso, some miso. miso is okay. Yeah, miso is okay. Yeah, miso is okay. Um, again, the fermented soy is a little bit better. Um, the the obvious one I'll stay here. Everybody knows, but refined sugar, refined sugar, is just no bueno at all. Refined, uh, like white sugar, white sugar. Even I mean. Cane sugar, brown sugar, anything like that, anything with added sugar, just limit it. There's a little bit of sugar, like organic sugar in the chocolate that we eat, but it's 
three to five grams at most. Um, interestingly, like my first ever work project, I did this series of interviews with athletic trainers. This was... Uh, athletic Domination Expo. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, and one of the interviews was, was Jeff Cavalier, who at the time was doing... Yeah, so I'm interviewing Jeff Cavalier, and he was talking about how bad sugar is, and I brought up to him that I, I think I'd learned it from Paul Check or something, um, that sugar actually decreases your um, immune strength for up to six hours after you ingest it. So your immune system is suppressed for, again, six hours just by eating sugar. Um, and he was like, holy shit, that's even worse than I thought. <laughs> like the, the point is it really does no favors for your body at all. Um, everybody already knows this, but a lot of the time I kind of just like, well, who cares anyway? Um, it's worth considering. Like it causes inflammation and all kinds of crap to happen. And the last one is microwaves. I've been eating up in the oven lately. Yeah. Oh, oven. Yeah. Uh, air fryer. Tell me, what about being in a dorm where like, you like the only way I can like heat stuff up is a microwave? Find a way, bro. I like I. <laughs> get a get like a one of those. Get one of those hot plates or like. Yeah, I don't think that's allowed. I'm not sure if that's allowed. You rock with air fryers? Yeah. Hell yeah. This is going back to the sugar, but how do you feel about like monk fruit and like stevia? Uh yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are good. Gluten is okay or for some people. What did you say? Gluten. Gluten, okay. Yeah. It's like, my opinion anyway, way overblown. But also, some people do have issues with it. Even if it's a low-grade issue, it's better to stay away from it. So typically, like, I don't have a huge issue with it, but I still do stay away from it, because why bother? There's so many options that are really good these days that don't have gluten, so why? You know, there's no reason. Um, Microwaves, absolutely. Especially if you're gonna use the microwave, Paul. Yeah. Don't do it in plastic. Like That's if you, if you put a Tupperware in a microwave, uh-huh. it's really fucking bad news. Okay, I mean that's marginally better, but it's still not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't they have an oven or something? Like, well, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I know like just in my room, like uh, if I'm like heating something up, like it probably have to be. It's got to be an oven or uh, really a stovetop. Like or even now, I use microwave a lot. Yeah, I, I would. I would not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is the problem with microwaves? Is it the EMFs? Does it just like nuke your food, basically? Hey, you could say that. Like it nukes the cellular structure of the food. The actual um, fat, protein, and carbohydrate molecules. It, it dramatically impacts their the structural integrity. Um, yeah. It's just no good. Um, we good on, on those? I have uh, two questions. One is a quick one. Um, what are your thoughts on like Instapats? And- That's great. And the second 
Uh, the second one is probably more of an act of my own meeting, so I'll hold off on that one. Okay. Minimizing, not not eating, but minimizing, if you can, uh, foods that are very strong in nature. So like very spicy stuff, chili type spice, um, onions, garlic, things like this, uh, cayenne pepper. Um, <laughs> some people like really, really love it. And if you really love it, you can take that as a sign that your body's more tolerant to it. Our tastes are intelligent. Um, that is okay, but typically onions, garlic, cayenne pepper, you know, spicy things, these are actually medicines. They're not necessarily used as foods traditionally, at least in, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda. Something like ginger or turmeric, that's okay. That's not considered super, super strong, but you can imagine, like onions make people cry as they're cutting them. You know, it's very, very strong. So um, they're used medicinally more so than they're used as, as food. So to eat them consistently, um, you know, if you look at Chinese medicine, garlic and onions, they'll say actually block chi and like block karma <laughs> even. It's really wacky. I don't know the validity to that, but I've heard all kinds of stuff. Um, so, does it matter if they cooked? Like, does it kind of like decreases the. No. I mean, I wouldn't eat them raw. <laughs> raw onions and garlic? Probably not, but. Um, right, there's raw onion pieces. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes I eat that. You know, the, a really important point here is not to be fanatical about what you're eating. I always, always feel better when I'm playing it loose. Like, yeah, go to Chipotle and once, I, I mean, I don't do it very often because there's no Chipotle in my town. I don't know why, it's crazy to me. Um, but I would probably get Chipotle like, you know, twice a week, something. I'm not worrying about the guac, I'm not eating it. Like, oh my God, this is so terrible. There's an onion and my karma is gonna, no. <laughs> What'll mess up your karma is constantly worrying. That's like, fear response directly to the stomach, directly to the digestion, which is going to mess up even the healthiest meal. So, um, you know, fear is the least healthy ingredient. Um, is too much Chipotle a negative? I think I'm at like <laughs> four or five times a week usually. Just cause like, it's like, it's like I need to like get something and like, it's probably better than like other quick options. How does it feel? Great. <laughs> yeah. At your age, I don't think it's a problem. And for you specifically, but again, it's, I need to, I know I sound like a broken record, but I need to reiterate, like just tune into your body. Like, see, you'll know if it's a problem as long as you're paying attention. Um, I've done that. I, I went through a phase and when I was living in New York, I just ate Chipotle like every day at lunch. I'd get two, like two bowls, um, every day at lunch. Yeah, I guess. That's the hormozy. Did he eat it every day? Yeah, that was pre-hormozy. <laughs> that was like 2014 or something. What's that? Um, how, if onions, garlic, and cayenne pepper should be limited because they're more of a medicine, when do you use them as a medicine, like when you're sick? 
uh, they can be used really well when you're sick. Um, that gets a little complex, a little bit complex. It can be used for digestive issues. In some cases, garlic can help, um, but only certain digestive issues. And then onions, for example, are good for um, lung issues, among other things. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a complicated topic. That's like a whole other, um, not even a retreat session, but a retreat probably. <laughs> you know, Medicine is a very nuanced thing. Um, oh boy, Mace? Thoughts on vegetable oils? Uh, vegetables meaning like olive oil or canola oil and like stuff canola, like that. Canola, seed oils, kind of. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mess with that. That's starting to get pretty popular lately. Yeah, I've seen that stuff too. Red 40 too. Yeah, yeah. Red 40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, what's getting popular? Vegetable oils being bad. Like Is that just getting popular now? Yeah, I thought that was common knowledge. It's just like finally blew up though. Like canola oil. Like mainstream, mostly canola oil, seed oils, stuff like that. Oh man, Paul Check is such an OG. It's like in <laughs> How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy since like whenever he wrote that thing, 1990 or something. He called it con oila, oil. Con oil. <laughs> um, yeah, don't eat it. And if you're cooking, cook with oils that have a high smoke point, so not olive oil. It can destructure the, the fat in olive oil to cook with it at a high heat. So cook coconut oil, um, red palm oil is another option. Ghee is another option. Even a little bit of like grass-fed butter sometimes is okay. Um, others, Kyle, that I'm not thinking of? Um, avocado is another common one. I've to never, cook with? Yeah, I've never personally used it, but it's said to have the highest smoke point, even higher than coconut oil. Really? Yeah, but mm. like I said, I've never personally used it, so okay. I can't say from experience. It stinks okay. so bad. It stinks? It does it? It like eggs don't oh, stick. avocado oil for me. Coconut oil is a good one, honestly. All things being oil. equal, unless you have a problem with coconut in your body, some people do. It's it's pretty reliable for cooking, and it's it's not expensive these days. Ghee is Ghee is good as well, which is clarified butter. It's butter without the lactose. Um, yeah. Anything on that? Beef tallow. Oh, beef tallow. Yeah. Is that like a yeah, liver king tallow. thing? No. It's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> they say that a lot on the social media. They're like, get rid of seedless, cook with beef tallow because it's like higher in saturated fat. Um, I mean, beef tallow, I think Paul's been talking about that, like duck fats, things like, things like this. I don't personally because uh, I don't really... I'm not against it per se, but for me personally, I don't eat cows um, or red meat ever these days. I, I, I would, I guess, in the right situation if my body felt like it, but I just don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something, something for me just doesn't feel quite right about that. Like really heavy doses of saturated fat, still to me, a, a certain amount for sure is healthy. But beyond a certain point, like if you're loading up on beef tallow and things like this, I just, red flags go off intuitively for me. Um, again, just my opinion, but. I'm interested in like personally studying um, like TCM and particularly like the organs that are associated with emotions. Do you have any books that you would recommend for that? Hmm. Rather than books, I would just Google it. 
if you literally if you google there would be tcm charts with like organs and their correlations and their um the elements even five elements in chinese medicine five element theory is very powerful um, i think bruce might have a course on that montauk chia montauk chia would be a place to look but it's really i mean if you want to study study it then i would go take a course um, if you just want to kind of geek out for a moment just google yeah um, minimize cold foods in most cases like really cold things so water that like iced water for example things that are chilled raw uncooked things like cold stuff this gets into intuitive eating a little bit because there are times and places where those things can be quite nourishing depending on the climate that you're in so if you're in a really hot like tropical climate for example cold things can regulate the body but for most of us especially in the western world in most cases um, at least lightly cooking your food is a really good idea to it's sort of like a pre-digestive mechanism what about like uh, freezing your food or eating like frozen vegetables yeah i personally don't do that like i i literally don't even drink cold water i'll drink warm water uh, and I noticed just this week I was drinking cold water and my digestion is almost always perfect, like no issues at all. And I've had not bad, like just minor discomfort, um, switched back to warm water and I felt better. Even when I make smoothies, I think you guys saw me doing this. You're like, what are you doing? I was putting frozen blueberries and I do this every day. I'll put frozen blueberries in a, in a little pot with uh, coconut water, water, whatever else I'm mixing in, and I'll heat it up just until it's like lukewarm. So I won't even do a frozen smoothie. Um, that for me has been wildly helpful digestion-wise. And again, I, like I've had digestive issues off and on in my earlier years, and I've cleared pretty much all of it. Like I have no complaints at all at this point. And a big turning point for me was cutting out cold, raw stuff. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, <laughs> another one. So chemicals in hygiene products, especially if you're doing spiritual work, fluoride. I get that non Florida toothpaste. Dude, I, I had like a feeling that like I shouldn't get it, and then I just was like, all right. Trust that, man. That's good intuition. Yeah. No, especially fluoride. They're finding, um, I mean, this, this touches into like fuzzy science, and I don't love doing that, but um, I will say it is my strong opinion that fluoride actually... Um, Fluoride, how should I put it? I'll just say it blocks the pineal gland and what's called the third eye. Um, I, I don't want to get too too fancy with that. That's one thing the spiritual YouTubers been right about. Yeah. Dudes. I've been seeing that since like early high school. They're yeah. like, look, man, your third eye right here, stop using fluoride. They're like, it's blocking your third eye. I mean, most people's third eye is totally blocked anyway, but <laughs> it's the fluoride certainly not helping. Um, chemicals in your shampoo and your soap. Dr. Bronner's is a really good company for soap. Um, 
Jason does good toothpaste I use. Um, for me, and this might like freak a lot of people out, I t I'll just say it anyway. I personally don't really use soap or shampoo. And all I use is an unscented deodorant and that's it. And I've been that way for years and years. Um, I haven't gotten any complaints yet and I like smell myself and I'm good. And I think a lot of that comes from just like getting cleaner internally and less is needed. And my hair, I was like really freaking out in, uh, I think it must've been like early 2015, late 2014, because I started noticing I was kind of like losing hair up top for the first time ever. And that just like, it <laughs> just spun me out for a few months and I stopped using shampoo not for that reason but just intuitively I just felt like oh, I, I don't need to or don't and my hair like completely stopped coming out so I don't know if that's correlated or connected and my hairdresser continues to tell me that I need to use shampoo or else I'm going to lose my hair but it's been the opposite for me and I just feel like it's just uh, not only like it's stripping a lot of the natural oils from your hair and from your scalp. It's also often full of a whole bunch of crap that we don't understand and you're putting it on your head and it's absorbing through the skin on your head, <laughs> like next to your brain. Um, yeah, something about that just doesn't feel right to me. And so that's what I've landed on is like water and unscented deodorant. And I feel like perfectly fine with that. Not that you have to do that, just monitor the Dr. Bronner's soap again, good one. Um, shampoo, I'm not really sure. I think you guys have Native, right? Native and Dr. Squatch are all clean. Dr. Squatch. Dr. Squatch. Dr. Squatch. Yeah. 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 I load y'all up with the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like paraben free and stuff. All that jazz. What do you do about fluoride with your dentist? Yeah, that's what they got me, bro. <laughs> they took Matrix. Oh, like when you're there. Like you always have like the fluoride paste they do. You need to chew, chew like raspberry, man. Um, I mean, you could, you could just tell them you don't want to do that or just don't sweat it because it's one time. Um, it's not great, but it's not going to kill you. Every six months? Yeah. So one fluoride trip at the dentist doesn't reverse all spiritual work. <laughs> no. You're going straight down the stage right next time. Stop you from saying that because you have to fluoride. You're the dentist. I uh, used to. I haven't in a long, long time. Like, not. I'm not even sure how long it's been. Yeah. Free dental care is coming. It wasn't the cost. <laughs> um, so, we'll we'll get into what what to eat. We're talking about what not to eat, what to eat, a protein, a fat, and a carb with every meal. Um, ideally a vegetable as well. If your carb or fat are a vegetable, like for example, avocado, I know that's technically a fruit, but I treat it sort of as a vegetable. Like one of my favorite little simple, simple meals to have is chicken, sweet potato and avocado. And so you wouldn't need to add a vegetable if you didn't want one, you could. Um, that's like a simple, easily digestible meal. Um, tastes good even though it's simple and the sweet potato is sort of a vegetable 
the avocado again is sort of a vegetable but you're covering all the bases so you could do it that way or um, if you're having say like white rice basmati jasmine rice um, not basmati um, uh, no I meant to say jasmine jasmine oh, would be Basmati is okay. Uh, typically, I think jasmine rice in general is more easily digestible, but basmati could be okay. Um, yeah, sweet potatoes, white potatoes are okay. Just notice your blood sugar reaction with the white rice as well. Um, on the carbohydrate side, like quinoa could be okay. Um, others, Kyle? Um, so let's see, you said sweet potato, winter squash is a very good one, oats are a very good one. Um, just are... keep in mind like oats, just notice your body reaction to that. Mm -hmm. And also if you like sprout, have sprouted rice or sprouted oats, that helps with your digestion as well um, by breaking down a lot of the fibers as well as in beans. Um, sprouted beans and sprouted lentils are good. There are other grains that are good for people. Corn is another good one uh, for most people. Buckwheat is good as well. Buckwheat. Uh, buckwheat is like actually my favorite grain personally. It's a cereal grain. It's not it's like it's not a wheat actually, um, but if you soak it overnight and then do it in an instant pot, you can mix it with like uh, blueberries, walnuts stuff like this. It's like a, a porridge sort of thing. So buckwheat could work. Um, yeah, on the, yeah. The basics, honestly, for me, like sweet potato, maybe some white potato sometimes, I'll like cut them into fries and do them in coconut oil in the oven. So they're, they're like sort of French fries. They are French fries, really, just not the fast food type. Um, and white rice. That's kind of it. This is going to be controversial, but I'm trying to take the yellow perspective here. <clears throat> I've been seeing stuff on social media, okay? <laughs> and it's not only like the liver king heads, right? It's people who seem more... Oh, vegetables are... Yeah. Yeah. The vegetables are bad. And I've seen stuff specifically saying that, like, for example, some vegetables are very high in oxalates, which are linked to, like, creating kidney stones because they, like, calcify <laughs> um, calcium in your body or something. And then other ones are high in phytic acid, which I forget what they say about that, but it's bad in some way. Yeah, they call them anti-nutrients. Yeah. And so they claim that we can't break them down. And so fruits and vegetables are just like basically useless they and like cause an immune response. They like, they like fruit. this is like carnivore MD. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever followed the carnivore diet or like no. spoken to people that follow the carnivore diet? You, you've done it or you've... Our dad did it once for like six months. How did he feel? High blood pressure after six months and I quit. He lost a ton of weight though. So for people with Crohn's disease, that's really effective. Like uh, Jordan Peterson falls into, into that camp. Um, it's a treatment. It's not a lifestyle in my opinion. It's maybe a lifestyle for a small percentage of the population. Like they might be able to thrive on that but I don't know how big that population is and really really beware of any extremist view in anything that's a big red flag because most of the time it's somebody trying to get popular um, or it's somebody that's just polarized and 
emotionally reactive for their own reasons. Like if you look at Carnivore MD, look in his eyes, like look in that guy's eyes on video. Just do that and see. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I mean, assuming everybody here is down for like eating semi-normal, like vegetables, fruits are okay. Maybe limit the fruits or notice how your insulin blood sugar responds to it. Um, any questions so far? Yeah. I have a question uh, that I think about um, is like dealing with like difficult emotion related to like appetite. Could I've be. I've noticed like uh, like when difficult emotion comes up in my diaphragm, I'm, I'll usually eat like three meals a day, like two protein shakes. I'll maybe eat, I'll be like nine o'clock at night and I'll realize I've eaten like one small meal and I feel like the need now I gotta like play catch up or like, you know, eat when I'm like, I can't even like eat. So like, I don't know, like, those are the best way. Because then I feel, like, kind of malnourished if I, like, don't. But I'm also, like, just can't, like, eat. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's the... Don't fight against nature. Uh-huh. Like, don't force feed yourself at any point, And also don't starve yourself. So when you naturally become... I'm not saying only eat when you're hungry, but eat when you come to a natural point of emptiness and you feel like eating. And emotions can really throw that off. And it's good to um, continue eating what you can and remind yourself to. But don't force feed by any means. Don't uh, try to stick to a rigid schedule if your body's giving you a different signal. If if there's a lot of emotional turmoil, um, yeah, like your energy is being allocated elsewhere other than digestion. Yeah. Um, So as far as proteins go, white meat, chicken, turkey, um, you know, there are others, but they're more rare. Chicken, turkey. I like duck eggs from time to time. I think they're typically better than chicken eggs for most people in terms of like um, immune response, allergic reaction, not allergic reaction, but intolerance. you can do a little bit of like grass-fed beef if you want to. If that feels good for your body, feel free. Um, for me, I just haven't felt, I just haven't, like no part of me has felt drawn to it. Um, if you're doing like spiritual cultivation strictly, then once a month is typically, once a month, maybe once every three, even two weeks in some cases, but generally like, food gets lighter when that's your goal. So chicken, some fish, um, white fish, salmon, things like this, trout. Do you have spiritual cultivation if you have too much of it? What does it do? Like why the restriction like once a month? Uh, it's just much heavier energy and it's also blood energy. Okay. Um, it gets a little bit more complicated than I want to go, go into here. Um, but yeah it's it's a it's a weighty heavier energy some in some cases for spiritual spiritual cultivation like if you're building constitutional jing and you're really deficient red meat can help fortify that but it's not like red meat every day it's more red meat as a medicine lamb is another one lamb in chinese medicine is used as a tonic so that can fortify the body but again it's 
it's heavier. It's more like a medicinal food. I'm not saying it's medicinal food, but it's like that. Um, other, yeah. What about uh, raw fish and like sushi and stuff like that? I personally don't. Yeah, I don't. Um, are we clear on like what to eat, what not to eat, pretty much? Any other questions? I have a question for me. I got like one crock pot chicken, sweet potato, um, and carrots down. And then like I eat that for lunch. And then it's like, all right, dinner, I can maybe like ground turkey or something. Then I, I kind of just get bored. So I'm like, all right, I need some variety. I don't have the Sean skills yet. Go to the mm -hmm. four-day athlete meal plan on Fellowship Fitness LLC. <laughs> Give you a free meal plan for four days and get you on your meal list. And it teaches you exactly what to do and how to make it nice and easy that a fifth grader can do it. Yeah. Colton's in like third or fourth grade, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, any advice? <laughs> Yeah, just cook more variety. You want variety, right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, more variety. Yeah, sure. cook more variety. Like, what do you, what's your lunch and then dinner? Um, so, for dinner, typically it's like fish or chicken, or maybe that ground turkey and pasta with either sweet potato, white potato, sometimes white rice. And then usually it's like mushrooms and peppers or maybe asparagus or spinach or cooked spinach, something like that. All of it's cooked again. Usually avocado as well with it for a fat source. I cook the fish and the meat if I have it in uh, coconut oil typically. So it, it rotates between those things and mixes and matches between those things. Sometimes it's duck eggs as well. Um, I'll get once in a while, like, I can't remember the brand name, but there's a relatively healthy gluten-free pancake mix that's really good. Oh, is it so the, the one that has, like, paleo on it? Like yeah. A person. It's maybe, like, Bob's Paleo. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I used to make Kodak or Kodiak. No, not Kodiak. Have you seen those? I have seen the one that's gluten in it. Does it? Yeah, well, there, there's a healthier pancake mix that that would be a good variety, like once, twice a week. And I'll do pancakes with, um, I'll put frozen berries, mixed berries in the oven. So they warm up and they become like a, I don't know, like warm berries. And I'll do those on top of the pancakes with coconut yogurt and duck eggs scrambled on the side. So that's like kind of a variety meal. The quinoa penne with ground turkey and the um, paleo kitchen marinara sauce, really good. Is it quinoa what? Uh, quinoa penne pasta. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much like just mixing and matching those foods. So you can kind of go a lot of different directions with it. And I would, I would honestly just like get creative with it and experiment and then find the few meals that you really like. Um, is there like a specific type of meal you need instruction on or like a, ideas on? No, I don't think so. 
Yeah, I used to get HelloFresh, so it taught me a good amount. Like, yeah. Good amount. Yeah. I think school make it all. You guys have like aubergine and uh, what's it called? Vessel? Stuff like this? Like, yeah, I would be ordering from that all the time. I'd probably order like once a day, personally, for lunch at least. Yeah. I'd be doing that. That's how I'd get lunch. I think so. No, it's a polar. Have you had Cafe Rio? That would not be approved. Sweet Cafe Rio. I would say. Sweet Cafe Rio. Have you had it? Yeah. Got Pre-turquoise? Nah, this is recent. messed up. Um... So... One question. So, um... Realistically, I don't think I can afford this diet. Do you have like a budget model or like how much should we sacrifice in terms of like trying to eat this way or versus just like getting food, period? That's a good question. Um, well, you can get pretty simple healthy foods in bulk, like rice, potatoes are pretty cheap generally. Um, if you can't do organic, then just wash the food. Um, you can get, it depends on where you buy them from, but places like, uh, I don't know if you have this Costco or big chain models like this, they actually have really good sourcing for produce and for their, for their food. So it's usually really high quality actually. Um, there was a woman in this health food chain in San Diego who said that she, who manages that health food chain actually gets her produce from Costco because <laughs> it's better, she said. So. Um, you could do that and then you could get meat in bulk or you, you could get meat even from a farmer locally and just freeze it. So it does take a little bit of creativity, um, but you can certainly do it for sure on a, on a budget. Yeah. So freezing, buying in bulk at Costco and it's like cheaper options, I guess. Yeah, I would, I would look at Costco and just buying things like that way, really. And rice, potatoes, stick with just cheaper op options. Um, yeah, you can use like olive oil is, is relatively cheap and you get a lot for what you pay for, for like a fat source. Instead of buying avocados, which might be more expensive, um, just use like olive oil in your food. Um, yeah, you got options for sure. You can do it. Hey, it's Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is head over to deepgame.com and join us in our free masterclass where you'll learn all of the fundamental principles of the part of basketball that's played with the mind. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives, and it's completely free right now. So head over to deepgame.com, join us. Once again, it's totally free, and I will see you there.